the school is opposite Greenfields, the secure unit for children who've been through the youth justice system. Going up to school every day and looking out the window and you see you see that, it's not, it doesn't sound to me anyway like the most encouraging sign for the children. This Guardian said the same thing. They felt that it was saying, you're one step away from this place. That was reporter David Conway talking about his investigation into the shortcomings of a government-run school designed to look after some of Jersey's most vulnerable children. And I'm Fiona Potney. I'm the news editor at Bailiwick Express, and this is our podcast. Each week we'll take an in-depth look at the big issues affecting our island. Being disruptive, swearing, causing damage, even lashing out. Once upon a time, these were, for some, the markers of a naughty child. A child who had to be punished, maybe even removed from school as a way of correcting their behaviour and making them fit for joining society as adults. We've come a long way since then. We now know that extreme examples of challenging behaviour are often linked with mental health or learning difficulties. General thinking is now that the fault doesn't lie with children for failing to fit into mainstream education. The issue is that mainstream education doesn't fit them and that they need a more therapeutic approach to be able to thrive. Jersey's answer to that was Lassant. It was established in 2018 in the wake of the care inquiry and a pledge from government to put children first. The name was chosen as its chérié for The Path, reflecting the school's mission statement to help children become their best or true self. But guardians of the school's pupils, individuals involved in child welfare and even the Children's Commissioner have told Express that this description couldn't be further from the truth. They say Lassant is outdated, not fit for purpose, and have even likened its Key Stage 4 building to a containment facility. They're also concerned that the curriculum and opportunities for social interaction are limited in the extreme and that the number of children being suspended is far too high. The key worry is that, even despite the best efforts of dedicated staff, Lassant pupils are being set up to fail. Is this what putting children first looks like? I spoke to David Conway, who painted a picture of Lassant's setup. So Lassant is a school for children who have social, emotional or mental needs. So children who might need a bit more support, mainstream education might not be suited to their needs and they just need that bespoke package. So the school is split into two facilities. There's one, the old Doe Trade Lodge House, which um, facilitates key stages two and three. And there's one up at Five Oaks in what I understand to be some of the old facilities that were used with Le Chien, And that's uh, housing key stage four. And why did you start investigating Lassant? Well, I started looking into it when I was um, looking more broadly at education. I've got an interest in the relationship between, say, children who are maybe a bit more underprivileged, who have a low-income background, or just don't have the support, who need that extra bit of help. I went to Hope Valley, which is a great school, and I got a lot out of it. It's no denigration on the staff, but there were obviously some students who maybe fell through the cracks a bit. You know, students who, for whatever reason, mainstream education, they never quite got the right support. I think at any school, you do notice sometimes children who fall through the cracks, who are are actually brilliant and really, really clever. And for whatever reason, they're not suited to mainstream education. They need they need someone to help them out, get something a bit more bespoke. It stemmed from that and just a passion to see, you know, now in the education system, what was being done to support those children. So it was broader at first. And I spoke to a few people on and off the record who were involved in education, who were in that world. And a couple of them, one off the record, someone who has been in education and knows it, brought up Lassant and some concerns about the facilities. And then when I spoke to the Children's Commissioner, 
she also brought it up and she said she had a couple of people from the primary area who'd come to her with concerns you know about their kids there basically that's where it started and that's where I, I started asking questions so from these conversations what did you find out about what it's like to go there so we managed to speak to a guardian of a child who obviously they have to remain anonymous to protect the anonymity of the child. But um, this guardian and the child in their care both had concerns about the school. Certainly the guardian in particular felt that it wasn't delivering the service and facilities it could be. One of their big concerns was mainly about the school itself and the facilities there in terms of how limited they were, um, certainly in regards to the key stage four area and the fact it's basically at an old house, you know, it's, it's not really what you'd imagine a typical school to be. You know, their main concerns were the fact there was no science labs, there's no art room, and as a result, their subjects are limited. They do have a certain amount, but it's, it's mainly the basics of the subjects. They don't have the same variety. The school on its website says it offers a bespoke package, but this Guardian said they felt that bespoke package was still limited as a result. So very it, bare bones offering. Yeah, bare bones. I'm looking right now, actually, you know, at an outline of the... Um, facility at there and you know you look at the rooms um, and you've got you know an English room a workshop a maths room photography room and PE room you know so you've, you've got basics but everyone's got their own little niche in in school school's about carving out their own little niches and I think what this guardian felt was that wasn't really being provided in that sense or that they didn't feel they had the chance to that was one of their main concerns. Another really was just that it wasn't, it, it felt like an exclusion from school in a sense. In, you know, you didn't have proms or things like that. When you think back to school, it's not sitting in a classroom that you always remember. It's, it's the big events you know, like prom, things that make it feel a bit special. And this Guardian, again, felt there wasn't any celebration of their achievements or results. So you've got that. Obviously, as well, they are taken off-site in a minibus to do outside activities as well. They said that, although they said that that was put to a halt because of COVID, as far as they were aware, for a bit. I think that might be back on now. But at the same time, they said within the actual school classroom, that was where their main concern lied. And obviously, we know that uh, some of these children have behavioural difficulties and the school's meant to be providing a therapeutic environment. What were the thoughts on whether it was fulfilling that aim? Well, the Guardian basically had concerns in that respect. They felt the system of the school in the first place, whereby you obviously put children who have very different needs. You know, we're talking, you say behavioural difficulties, but a lot of these children have a variety of difficulties beyond behavioural difficulties. We're talking severe trauma, things like that real issues that cut deep and have done all their life you know their point was that they felt that putting them all together in one facility perhaps wasn't the best way they felt that it fed in they fed into each other in a sense they said they'd like to see a proper purpose-built therapeutic facility this was this guardian's idea the other main thing is going back to you know you've said about behavioral issues and that's really you know one of the main things there is a lot of stigma and where they really really shouldn't be but again they said the school is opposite Greenfields, the secure unit for, you know, children who've been through the youth justice system. Going up to school every day and looking out the window and you see, you see that, it's not, it doesn't sound to me anyway like the most encouraging sign for the children. This Guardian said the same thing. They felt that it was saying, you're one step away from this place. So yeah, that really, that image of looking out over Greenfields really embodied that sense that there still was that stigma. And I understand there was often a police presence on the site as well. Yes, so um, this is what The Guardian said. Now, 
I've, we've got a freedom of information request back recently, which said there had been zero arrests in the key stage four area. The Guardian said that there was still, you know, they noticed a police presence a lot. In terms of key stage two and three, which is down at the Doe Trade Lodge House, there have been five arrests over the past three years. In terms of the key stage four police presence, it's more we spoke to the police and they said there's basically a community officer that goes on a lot. So it's more obviously that there probably are issues that you know it's difficult to deal with this and you know you can understand that but also again it's more about the messaging to the children as well you know you've got a policeman at school it doesn't give out the best message so there were concerns that it wasn't fulfilling a role as it as an either an educational facility or as a therapeutic facility yes that was this guardian's main concern and then we kind of had that backed up by the children's commissioner's report from 2018 and 2019 which was really what got me started looking at the school, which showed that there was a 45.8% exclusion rate. Uh, Keep in mind currently, I don't know what it was a couple of years ago, but currently it's 24 students. Across the two schools, there are not that many children at these schools. So that's a really, really massive rate. Let's unpack that. So an exclusion is a short-term or permanent suspension. What you're saying is that many children who are already excluded from mainstream education are now being excluded from the facility that's meant to be providing specialist care for them. What are the rules around exclusions? The usual rules around fixed term exclusions slash suspensions, you will either get a five day suspension, you know, and that's the limit. You can't suspend a child beyond five days or 15 days in a term overall. If you want to do any more, you actually have to go to the education department. So, you know, the government would argue, you know, it is extremely rare. You'll get permanent exclusions, you know, they're these short exclusions. But at the same time, the Children's Commissioner, uh, when I spoke to her and you know, I've spoken to her a couple of times about this and she's reiterated the point, has said, you know, an exclusion is an exclusion at the end of the day. There's This child is not in school. Now, to the school's credit, they do offer support to the children when they're outside of school. But at the same time, this child has the option to say, no, I don't want this support. Equally, even if they did have that, they're still not within the school environment, which is what the Children's Commissioner argues. You think back to your own school day, there's sometimes there will be that one day in school where you will learn something that you will have never learned on any other day. If you were off that day, you might have missed it. One day may not seem like a lot, but in terms of education, it can mean the world. You made a request under the Freedom of Information Law for the exact figures for exclusions at Lasant. What did you find? Of fixed-term exclusions slash suspensions, there have been 148 over the past three years. Twelve of those have happened within this year. You know, we're not halfway through the year. And again, like I said, 24 students, 12 suspensions. Now, of course, they haven't actually told us, you know, how many students. You know, that could be 12 suspensions applied to one student. It could be 12 suspensions applied to uh, between three students. We don't know that figure. But at the same time, the equivalent of, of 12 suspensions across out of 24 students has been given out. And, and that does raise questions. So we've heard a bit about the concerns with the facilities and the exclusion rates. What, if anything, is the government doing about this? So we asked the government whether they felt the facilities themselves were fit for purpose and they didn't actually respond affirmatively or negatively on that. They didn't say yes or no. Instead, what they said was that the key stage four facilities are currently under review as part of feasibility checks and that should be done by the end of the year for redevelopment. They didn't talk so much about the um, key stage two and three facilities at Dotre House, which when I spoke to the Children's Commissioner, she, she also said she felt 
they weren't fit for purpose. In terms of at least the key stage four facility, they've said they are reviewing to redevelop that again as part of overall plans alongside Greenfield. So in the government plan, there is currently, I think it's £7 million that's earmarked across till 2024 for both Greenfields and Lausanne Key Stage 4. In regards to the system itself, they're currently undergoing an inclusion review, which will take into account a number of different options about where to go forward in regards to children who need special needs, you know, not just in terms of Lausanne, but Montalabe, La Passerelle. And with regards to the inclusion review, we thought we'd put it to them and say, what about alternatives? We'd had someone say that a senior education official had suggested the idea of maybe putting facilities on the site of mainstream schools. So creating purpose-built areas where instead of being put in Five Oaks being put somewhere else, these children would be kept on site, but separated from children in a facility of their own where their resources like staff from mainstream schools can easily be exchanged. You know, they, they, they don't feel so excluded. They don't feel like they're taken away from that mainstream school environment. That's just one of many options and something the government said they're looking at. You know, there are plenty of options. As we said before, the Guardian suggested a purpose-built therapeutic unit, something that focuses far more on the therapy side. So there are a number of different things that the government say will be at least assessed in this inclusion review. What is the consequence if these issues aren't addressed? Well, the issues come from the fact that education is the bedrock of your life. It seems very obvious, and too, almost too obvious to say, but education does define who you are in many respects. You know, there's evidence that on the one hand, bad education or poor experience in education, not necessarily a bad education, can lead to, you know, social issues, um, can lead to not being able to function in society in the same way. However, a good education, you know, can lead kids to thrive, can make kids who thought, who perhaps, you know, haven't had the chance in life, just that, that bit of inspiration from a good teacher or even just one good lesson, like I said, can completely alter the course of a child's life. So, I mean, there's that on the one hand, just to be able to facilitate these children to walk into a school that they feel is a proper school, you know, it's not some just some old house it's a proper school also it's pretty interesting to look at the independent school funding review which was collated in 2019 and presented in october last year which spoke about how demand currently outstrips capacity for special schools so there's a number of schools on the island included in this again montalabe and lasant Basically, what they were saying is that at the moment, the infrastructure or at that time, the infrastructure wasn't able to cope with the amount of demand that was coming forward. They, they, they needed upgraded facilities. In terms of more recently, there's been a um, report by the government that's backed up the island plan about infrastructure capacity, which um, has been across 2020, which interestingly says the government are actually completely comfortable with the capacity and the capacity is fine. So I don't know if something big has happened in between 2019 and 2020. You know, obviously that's really to look at. You know, there's there's no real detail about what's changed in that time or I haven't found out anyway. But at the same time, even the island plan still makes clear that Key Stage 4 does need work on it. So regardless of those capacity concerns, there is still a real acknowledgement that work needs to be done. So basically it's a case of, if you look at 
if you look at the issues here, it's it's. I'd like to emphasise deeply that it doesn't. It's not a case of the staff who seem to, by all accounts, be good educators, really dedicated. What it seems to be is a case of facility and the government needing to put its money where its mouth is and put children first. Thank you, David Conway. We'll be continuing to follow this story and you can keep up to date on bailiwickexpress.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and share. The title music was I Shift My Weight by Luno. More next week on the Bailiwick podcast from me, Fiona Potany, and the Bailiwick Express team. (laughs) 